Well, Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve 2019. Getting ready to bring in and ring in the new year, year 2020. Hopefully, by the sound of that name, everything is going to come into clear focus for me individually, for the world as a whole. But that would be my Christmas wish for you is that you would have a wonderful 2020 and that uh, things that you've been seeking will be found and dreams that you've had will come to fruition and that God would bless you and your family as we celebrate this Christmas season. I want to let you know that tonight I'm, I'm freewheeling. I'm just coming, as Kanye West said in his interview with Joel Olstein, uh, that he's in stream of consciousness discussions, so I'm flying without any notes. But I wanted to stop for just a minute on this special Christmas Eve and to share with you some things. First of all, let me say that as you listen to my podcast, you may hear some squeaking and squawking in the back, and that's my desk chair that I sit in to do the recording. The desk chair is a classic. It's kind of a retro uh, type thing. So I need a new chair, but I really like this chair. So therefore, you get the squeaking with it. But uh, also, I do the recording here in my home office, which I call affectionately the bungalow. And I've called my home office that for quite a long time now. But at some point, if it works, I'll post some pictures to the podcast to just give you some vignettes from this home office and also older renditions of the home office. I'm the type of person I like to have things around me that are very familiar and that have a lot of uh, mental attachment, historical attachment. Uh, I'm working hard to become a minimalist. I believe in the concept and uh, it's good for us to shed our life of unnecessary things. But there are some things that I hang on to because they have significance, sort of like this Christmas story I want to share with you tonight. But as I sit here in the bungalow, I'm looking past my MacBook onto a, a sign that I have hanging on the wall that says Astro Putt, Miniature Golf, holes, 18 holes, 75 cents, 36 holes, $1.25, and 54 holes, $1.75. But this particular sign was actually the sign from a putt-putt golf course that was in my hometown as a kid there in Euless, Texas. It was in far south Euless, uh, in a part of Euless we call Tarrant, which was really the oldest part of Euless. Back when I was a teenager, young teenager, there was an old miniature golf course, and I have fond memories of not really playing there, but back in the middle 70s, my father had special guests in from Japan, who worked for a company called Toko Shikiso. And uh, they, of course, in Japan are avid golfers, but they can't afford to golf. So people that are not of that financial stature, they actually uh, go to the driving range. And now we have the driving ranges here that are multi-story. But those type of things existed back then in Japan, from what I understand. But they loved golf, so they were thrilled to be able to go to a driving range and to uh, hit some golf balls while they were here in the States. That putt-putt, uh, facility was still there at that time. Fast forward several years into my older teen, early adult years, uh, I was telling a friend of mine about the fact that, that that putt-putt course used to be there, and they said it did not. You know, they grew up in Euless. They didn't realize it, so we drove down to that location, 
And of course, by then everything was gone. It had gone back to just a field. So I was walking through this tall grass and uh, there was actually some of the remnants left of the golf, the putt-putt golf lanes. So I, I was able to prove to my friend that, see, yes, there was a golf course here. But then through walking through the field, I actually found the sign that was a part of the Astro Putt golf course that had been thrown away. So, of course, I was thrilled to find it. It's an attachment to my past. Tonight, I want to share with you, there's a lot of stories that are special to me about Christmas. I'm a Christmas nut. I love the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And because we live in such a hectic-paced world, I start listening to Christmas music in August. I listen to it for four straight months. But the story I share to you is one of my fondest stories of Christmas from when I was a child. If you go back with me to right at 1967, I was about eight years old. We lived in a town, if you've listened to former podcasts of mine, we lived in a town called Clinton, Maryland, which was just right outside of Washington, D.C. We lived in a house that from the front, if you pull it up from the neighborhood on Google Earth, and uh, I'll try to post a location for that later in another podcast. But if you pull up that house, the, the houses were actually from the front a story and a half tall. The basement was uh, had windows down along the ground on the front part of the house. And so you enter the house at uh, a half flight up. And so it was a half flight of stairs up to the main floor, and then it was a half a flight of stairs down to the basement. The living area was slightly elevated from what would be a standard uh, just a single-story home. My bedroom was there facing uh, the street, facing the front of the house. And uh, that night, it was cold. Snow had fallen. We had about two feet of snow, if my memory serves me correctly. It was a lot of snow. For, of course, a kid at Christmas time, it's the ultimate dream come true to have a white Christmas. And so it was late. It was about midnight. I was laying there in my bed with a window open, and I loved to sleep with it cold. A lot of blankets, but my face in the cold. Had the window open, and the way my bed was situated, uh, I was there at the window height because back in that day, I had what they call a captain's bed that had a trundle or a trundle bed under it. So the actual bed that I was sleeping on was taller than a standard kid's bed because of the uh, recessed uh, extra sleeping bunk that would pull out from under, underneath the the standard bed top so the bed itself came out at about the height of the windowsill so I was laying there at night there that night had my covers pulled up it was freezing cold but looking out into the the front yard and the neighborhood I could see things really clearly because the snow of course is reflective and so all of the porch lights and the street lights uh, the scene was pretty well lit up and so as I laid there trying to stay awake to see Santa make his arrival, that all of a sudden I heard some people who were hooting and hollering, who were yelling. And they weren't fighting. It sounded like they were having a good time. But the first thing that struck me is who would be out in the snow at midnight on Christmas Eve hooting and hollering. And so as I looked out into the street trying to see where the sound was coming from, I noticed that back down to my left, as I look out the window, I saw what appeared to be car headlights coming in my direction. 
At that moment, I thought who would be driving their car at midnight in the snow on Christmas Eve. But as the headlights approached, I began to see that it was actually two bicycles with headlights. And there were two men on the bicycles just laughing and hooting and hollering, trying to stay upright in the snow. And they were riding the bicycles very, very fast. And so the bikes passed me by and they went off into the night. And of course, as a little eight-year-old, I'm wondering, why would people be riding their bicycles on Christmas Eve at midnight in two feet of snow? So, of course, I, I couldn't stay awake much longer. I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning, and, of course, Santa Claus had come. And I got up, ran to the Christmas tree, and there next to the Christmas tree was my Christmas gift from Santa. It was the gold three-speed friction-powered headlight English racer bicycle. And you have to understand, as a kid back in that day, to have a multi-speed bicycle was a cool thing. And to top it off, it was an English racer for whatever that meant, but that meant it was special cool. And to top that off, it had a headlight that was powered by a friction motor that you flipped onto the back tire and as you pedaled, the little spinner would rub against the tire tread on the sidewall and it would power a generator that would actually bring the light, the headlight to life. Of course, my wife and I were just talking about this. And the funny thing is, is if you didn't go, it didn't glow. So the only way the light worked is you had to pedal. And if you wanted the light to really work so that you could see where you're going, you were having to pedal very uh, quickly, very fast. And so got the got the bicycle I had asked Santa for and it was a great Christmas day for me as a kid and you know I did not put it together that the event I saw the night before of the two men pedaling those bicycles was actually my father and a neighbor down the street who had spent all Christmas Eve putting together my bicycle and my sister's bicycle for Christmas morning. Back then, bicycles did not come assembled, or at least we didn't have the money to pay to have them assembled. And on top of not coming assembled, they came very disassembled so that everything had to be put onto the bicycle. All the cabling, the derailleur, all of that had to be assembled and adjusted to where it would work. And so my father and the neighbor, the neighbor had agreed to store the bicycles in his basement until Christmas Eve. And my father went down after we went to bed and they began to work on the bicycles. But it took them so long that they finished about midnight and they decided to take the bicycles out uh, for a ride to make sure that they worked. And so they were, of course, young. Looking back, I see pictures of my father. And of course, you always think of your parents as being old. But looking back at the photographs, my father was a young man. And of course, forgive me if you're in your 30s, uh, you may not feel like you're young, but uh, uh, all things considered, my dad was a young man and really just a kid at heart. And so they had a blast trying those bicycles out in the snow. But I hope that encourages you tonight. I hope it inspires you to reflect on your own life and to think back. Uh, I hope you have a Christmas memory that you can latch on to, that you can pull into your 
consciousness and think about and reflect on because it's a time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's a time to celebrate good cheer, and it really is. And uh, I'm a big believer in Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Christ. I think back to that time, and, and if you were to ask me, Kenny, why does that particular story stick out to you? And without overanalyzing, I think the big thing is is that now as a 60-year-old man, I still remember the, the wonder and the, the mystery of that Christmas Eve. And I still remember the feelings that I had as that little kid laying there in that trundle bed waiting for Santa Claus. And I remember uh, seeing that image of those two men on those bicycles go off into the night snow. And then to find out years later that it was actually my dad who loved me enough and cared enough, he spent all Christmas Eve putting together those bicycles and then doing the thing that needed to be done, testing them out. You know, here just a, a few years ago, I worked with an individual that wasn't teaching his kids about Santa Claus, and he held to the concept of Christ as Savior and that Christmas is a celebration of Christ. And I asked him why he didn't teach his kids about Santa Claus, and he said that he felt like it was being decept deceptive or deceitful uh, to teach them something that wasn't real. But let me give you some encouragement that I, as a minister of the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in all of my years of counseling, I have not met one adult who was messed up because their parents taught them about the Christmas tradition of Santa Claus. And as a matter of fact, I can tell you that as a grown adult at 60 years of age, that God uses that sense of wonderment, that sense of, of mystery, that sense of excitement to minister to my spirit now regarding the birth of Jesus Christ. And so instead of Christmas being a downer or celebrating Christmas with Santa Claus as being something that's to be forbidden, and let me say, it's your choice, it's your prerogative. This is not to promote uh, a celebration of Santa. But the fact of the matter is that as children, uh, to be taught something that's beyond and to taught something of belief in beyond, that as adults, it easily extrapolates over into realizing that that's a Christmas tradition, but the truth of Christmas is that there was the priceless gift given, there was the visitation on that special night, there was a child that was born, there was a person that grew as an adult who lived the perfect life, who lived the sinless life, and that he gave himself as a gift to all of us, and that is reality. And so in that mystery and that marvel and that wonder, those feelings are applied towards the Savior tonight. And so I hope you feel a sense of joy, a sense of peace tonight. I want to say a prayer for you, and I know that it may be awkward, an audio prayer that's recorded, but I do believe that God can bless. And my heart especially goes out tonight to those of you who perhaps you didn't have a Christmas joy you didn't have a Christmas memory that's special in your heart. Perhaps your family didn't celebrate Christmas. You think about all the kids across the world that don't celebrate the birth of Christ. They don't celebrate that special hope. But if that's you, I want to say a special prayer for you tonight. And I want you to know that God loves you and that he wants you to have a special Christmas memory. 
And my hope is that you will come to know Christ if you don't know him already, and that you will know and enjoy the, the season that is Christmas because of Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight, and Lord, I thank you so much for the gift of Christ. Lord, I thank you so much that it is the difference maker, the fact that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And Father, as your followers have testified, those who are with him, that they beheld his glory, that of the only begotten of the Father, that he was full of grace and truth. And Father, that he is the Messiah. He is the promised one who was to come and to save his people from their sin. And Father, we're so thankful that tonight that salvation is, has come, and his name is Jesus. Father, for those who listen to this podcast, perhaps who don't, don't know you as their Savior yet, Father, I pray that through that, uh, this communication and this simple token, Lord, that their life would be changed and that they would know Jesus and they would know his peace. Father, we thank you that it's eternal. Lord, we're thankful that the gift of Christ, once we receive it, can never be taken away. It can never be snatched away. And Father, even for those who become weary and who become confused and perhaps for a time draw away, Father, we're so thankful that no man can snatch us out of the Father's hand, including ourselves. Father, that you are that powerful and that when we give you our heart and our lives through Jesus Christ, it's an eternal gift that we can celebrate forever. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, before I go, I want to just pass on a word to you, a book that I came across just recently. Uh, it's not a new book. I think it was written a few years ago by a successful author named Andy Andrews. And, of course, keep in mind anything that I promote here on this podcast, I'm getting no kind of endorsement fees or, or commercial payment. It's just things that I want to pass on to you. And it may be a, a really good vacuum cleaner I've used, or it may be a book I've read, but I want to pass on things that will encourage you. But this book is really uh, basically uh, kind of a new version of It's a Wonderful Life. Speaking of which, I just finished watching It's a Wonderful Life before coming in here to do the podcast. But uh, if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, of course, it's the Christmas classic starring James Stewart. But if you have, then you understand the concept of what happens in that story. And really, the, the protagonist of this story, a man, character by the name of James, uh, of uh, John Ponder, that, I'm sorry, David Ponder, let me get my, my story correct. Uh, yeah, David Ponder, I'm sorry. But it's called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And uh, let me share with you that this book is life-transforming. And, of course, Andy is, I believe, a Christian. He is published through Thomas Nelson Publishers, which is a Christian publishing house. But Andy is a, a huge New York Times bestseller, written a bunch of books. One's called The Butterfly Effect and stuff like that. But this book, I think, would be probably was a, a huge seller as well. But it's called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And the point of it is, is seven decisions that determine personal success. And it's not really a name and claim it type book. It's not that. It's just inspirational. And it, it will challenge you to be different for the coming year in 2020. And I tell you, um, the opportunity is there before us all. And it really will speak to you and it'll challenge you. And it'll call you out. It called me out. 
But I am so excited about what God is doing in my life uh, through this book. And uh, so if you've watched It's a Wonderful Life uh, for Christmas this year again, uh, I would encourage you to get the book on Kindle or from the library. Actually, I checked out the hard copy from our local public library. Um, But it's everywhere. But it'll change your life, and you'll be glad that you got the book. It'll be a good gift to yourself as you start the new year. But anyway, uh, we're continuing. This will make the 11th podcast we've done, and I'm beginning to get my, my, my podcast feet going, so to speak. But uh, I'm so excited for the medium and to be able to reach out to you as an individual wherever you are and to speak directly to you. Uh, I would ask for you to pray for me. Uh, that my tongue would be loosed and that w- I would be able to communicate in such a way that you can feel the connection and that you can sense the spirit, the bond. And uh, that's my heartbeat and that it would lead to transformation in your life. Of course, squat.rocks were about advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. And my friends, we are in a major agitation right now. But I want to give you an encouraging word that regardless of the agitation going on globally, regardless of the agitation going on politically, regardless of the agitation going on in your family, regardless of the agitation going on in your work, that the peace that Christ gives and that comes with the relationship with him transcends all of the agitation of the world. So with that, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I bid you peace. I look forward to the new year. We'll continue the podcasts. Hopefully, I'll bring some to the table before January 1. If not, there will definitely be new releases coming shortly. But I hope you have a great Christmas.